Established in 2020, the Authors Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, the Authors Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join the Authors Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you into your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine, the Authors Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, the Authors Porch connects writers with the service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch. We're super excited for you to be here, the very place where every good conversation starts and where we shine the spotlight on you. Tonight we have Vicki Esther Chang. How are you doing, Vicki? Hi, um, CJ. I'm so honored to be uh, on the Author's Porch um, all the way um, from Singapore to America. Um, thank you once again for inviting me, CJ. Yeah, I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. It, you know, we were talking like almost every single day for about two months. And then it was like we we just got so busy. So I'm super excited to talk to you again. I want to let everyone else know who you are because I know who you are. But I want the rest of the world here on the author's porch to know that you are the woman behind the scenes. But you also are an author of a fantastic book. So I'm going to give you a short intro. And then we're going to talk more about your wonderful book and all your other endeavors. Is that okay? Okay. So Vicki Esther Chang is coming to us all the way from Singapore. She is the CEO of GDM Metropolis and It's My Life magazine. She is also a YouTube channel interviewer and producer since 2016, where she brings us documentaries of real life in the digital world to capture our legacies. And if you guys have not checked out her YouTube channel the magazine, or been over and to her website, GDM Metropolis, to see the fantastic things she does on humanity and the power of humanity, everything about documenting, documenting humanity, you're seriously missing out because I was able to be a part of this wonderful event that Vicki Esther Chang championed. And I think my whole world changed after that and seeing humanity for the wonderful things it is. So Vicki, welcome to the author's porch because on top of all those wonderful things, <laughs> she also is an author among authors. So I'm super glad that you were able to be with us tonight. Yes, that is her fantastic book, which I'm so glad that we get to talk a little more about it because when we did the author's porch magazine launch we didn't get a chance to talk in detail about it but tonight is all about that fantastic book and what you do for humanity um thank you cj for that wonderful um, introduction of myself um, i'm humbled um definitely not as great as as you have said you know we are doing our, our, our life work um in the way that we can in the little way that we are able to um thank you cj for that introduction yeah, you deserve every bit of it because at the core of who you are, Vicki, I have come to find that you are a humanist like me. Uh, humanity is at the forefront of what you want to put forth in a positive light and you serve people. 
Like you want to serve people. You want to take care of people. You want to lift them up. And one of the things when we were working on getting your magazine launched, um, working towards getting that taken care of, uh, you kept saying to me over and over, I don't want to be in front. I want to be the one behind the scenes doing everything. Uh, and, and I found that very fascinating because you always wanted to put the spotlight on everybody else. You wanted to show all the wonderful things they were doing. And I think the world missed out on the fantastic things you were doing. And one of them you mentioned in your book, um, the, the book that you were just showing us. Can you tell us a little more about your book and why you wrote it? Because you shared a little bit of it on the author's uh, porch magazine launch. And the story is beautiful it really is and I think the world needs to hear it um thank you CJ and uh really like to thank God um and also thank my mom because this book is a really um uh she's the author and, and also um she's the one who provided the information it's about her um it's a, it's it's a documentary um of my dreams of her and some of the things some of the uh, real life struggles that I have in in terms of getting uh, trying to get out of the grief or trying to just um, make sense of life, you know, candle in the wind, like, you know, uh, John Elton, um, Elton John, um, you know, and he, and he sang it um, at the death of, uh, at the memorial of uh, Lady Diana. It yeah. really talks about life and uh, dreams of a daughter here. Uh, it's, it, this is really um, all the dreams that I have and it's, it's immediately when I woke up uh, after her passing, you know, she went home to the Lord on the 25th of October 2015. 20, uh, 20, uh, I actually dreamt of her almost every other day and sometimes like four days in a week in terms of like episodes and episodes and episodes. And, and if the Bible says that, you know, dreams are something that God is trying to tell you something, is trying to console you, is trying to send you a message. That's why I think it's so important to document that. And um, I actually was in very deep grief, but I wasn't able to talk. I was like a high functioning person. But, you know, um, in the middle of the night, it just comes into me um, as in my sleep. Uh, um, I would like to talk about the book uh, in a few ways. Um, number one, this is, um, uh, it's about my grief journey, but not so much about me. It's about my mother. It's a documentary. Uh, it's nonfiction. And I like to highlight um, those parts where I have poems. I'm not quite sure you could see that they are poems. Yeah. Um, and also prose and also lyrics, songs of lyrics. But I think this book is a restricted adult because it talks a lot about death and how I faced um, the uh, final uh, walk, uh, her final walk on earth. Um, you know, even though, um, uh, you know, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, um, you know, to, to live um, is Christ, but, you know, to die, um, to live is is, uh, you know, but to live, to die is Christ. So even though we know that dying is better because we go to a better place, but, you know, we are humans, we grieve. Um, even though we know we're going to meet again, we grieve a lot. So I, I would like to share with you um, a poetry, um, but I would like to only take out an excerpt 
um, of a poetry because it's so long. Um, it stretches to four uh, pages, but I've got like poetry mm -hmm. and poetry. But I, I would like to start off um, by this poetry. Um, it's about me uh, writing about searching for her after she's gone. After months, mm -hmm. after a couple of years, I still go back to the streets to look for her. Um, not not knowing that if she's going to appear in the streets, it's as much as like that kind of desire, the wanting, and not being able to reconcile reality. So it was a very surreal place, and I, I wasn't able to really uh, weep, cry, or wail. There was no feeling. It was total like numbness because you just can't make sense of, of something that was so devastating inside you. Um, all right, here. She can't be gone. She has always been, always here in this street, walking, buying, talking to her friends and to the strangers she made friends. I search for her smile. I strain to listen for her voice. I turn every corner at every street. Going round again, I feel unreal. It's like a movie. So I took off my specs to remove the one final barrier between myself and the world. Mm. Hoping maybe it's a dream. It's unreal. So I took off my specs. The real world is just in front. Is it real? It is not. It is or is it not? It just became surreal. I search for her in my mind, in the corners, the shades getting darker. I search for the images. She was weak. I begged her to eat. I search for her in the corners of my mind, in the corners of my heart. I carried her out of bed. I carried her into the chair. I said I love her. I sang to her. I put on her shoes that I've cut for her feet to go in. I searched for her in my mind. I covered her with towels as blankets as I backed her to sleep in the middle of the nights. I searched for her in my mind as I prayed and I begged for God to give us strength, for God to give her time. I searched for her in the streets. They are the same, but she's not. I searched for her life, where she lived, where she was, where she ate. Now I continue to search, but in my mind, where she was in my life, I know I must stop my search, for I know she's in heaven, where we will meet again one day. But now I have to live again, to go on 
to be strong in my time, hoping I won't forget her and her life and all that she, and hoping she won't forget me. So this is um, part of the, the poetry that, that I wrote uh, for her as I search for her in real life. Um, was was a little bit tough um, for me to even read because it took me like many, many years before I'm able to revisit what I wrote. Um, so it, it was really, really tough for me to to read my own writing or my own poetry because, you know, it, it's, it's real. Um, but I would like to highlight, um, because this book is for the adults, um, huh. I'd like to highlight the point about... Um, it has to be in poetry because it was so hard for me to write, um, particularly for the last final two weeks, which I didn't know it was her final two weeks. Um, uh, I, I really literally every night um, knelt uh, before my bed, um, just praying um, as I slept. I was, I was just kneeling down that, you know, God really helped me because at that time I came back from France to, to take care of her, to visit her, and there was no help around because um, the, the rest of the families were out of the country. Um, mm -hmm. I was there to take care. So it kind of like took turns between me and my brother. Um, you know, he was in Singapore, I was in France, but I had to come back to take care of my mom as he traveled for his business. So it, it was really tough because the final two weeks that is said in the poem, um, I, I literally um, I knelt before um, the bed um, just burying my head and just praying. And, and because words are tough, sometimes when you pray, sometimes when you are at the end, wit's end, there's no other help that you can get. You, you don't pray. You just say, God, please help us. God, please help us. And, and that was the only thing you kind, of, you kind of like cried from your soul that, hey, God, please help us. Um, there's no other words. Because no yeah. other words could really describe um, the needs in the depth of the heart and the soul. And, and that was the final two weeks. And it was so tough because it was just her and myself. Um, and of course, I didn't know that was the final two weeks. And I think um, I also mentioned that in, the, in your magazine launch that um, uh, uh, it, it was really, really tough. Um, and uh, I think the most important thing um, which I wanted to write about, it's my life magazine. It's because there was this image um, I, I had in my mind when my mother, at the end of the final two weeks, she wasn't able to speak and she suffered from ALS that actually deteriorated very, yeah. very fast. And it was a yeah. horrendous, horrendous kind of, of disease because it kind of takes away your humanity, your dignity, and you can't go to the toilet. You can't um, do anything with yourself anymore. You just lose yourself. You know, when you are mentally strong, but you just lose all control of every aspect of your life. Right. It's such a horrendous thing to watch um, her. And, and, but she's, she was such a beautiful soul. And, and I could remember that I think the fourth day before the final two weeks, uh, at the end of the two weeks, that was the fourth day before she passed. And of course, I didn't know um, because I prayed for God's miracle. And I always believed that God is going to like save her from the brink. Um, she, she just kind of touched my hand and she said, thank you. So, so that was that moment that kind of encapsulates life. Right. That kind of encapsulates life that she kind of just put a hand upon mine 
and, and she kind of said thank you. So um, that image was so powerful um, and that really made me like, you know, I need to come up with um, something um, to really relate, um, uh, 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 you know, about life just in its total totality in just a split of a second. So so, so that image when I wanted to um, come up with uh, It's My Life magazine, that was one of the um, uh, uh, covers of the magazine that I wanted. It's still in there, you know, but I didn't use that. Um, so that, that really encapsulated the whole spirit um, of uh, the poem uh, in just two words, you know, I pray for God to give us strength and I pray yeah. for God to um, give her time. So that that is something that I wanted to start off uh, in our in our discussion. But it's a really short book. But this is just like part one. Yeah. And what made you want to write this book? And why why what compelled you to say I want to write about the dreams that I'm having? Because my mother is coming to me. Um, she's passed on, but she's she's coming to try to tell me something. What made you want to share all of that with the world? Um, when I woke up, the first thing um, that came to me, because the, the dreams were really vivid, it was as if I was in a, another life. Um, I, when I woke up, I knew I had to kind of like, um, kind of like jot it down. So what I did was that I kind of just texted it. So everything is in text language, mm. um, I, but it was in the pandemic. Um, I felt that um, I had to really come up with something because, you know, the pandemic took the lives of many people. And there was a time where I was able to um, uh, coagulate everything uh, and just have it in the book. And this is just part one because there's another part of it that I just typed in Twitter. Um, I have a whole Twitter that I never visited and never read it because it was just every of my feeling, of my emotions, my dreams that I know I couldn't visit because it's so it, it's so hard that takes the soul out of me, even when I was reading um, the poem. And um, yeah, I, I do feel that, um, you know, some of these things, when you have it in your gut, your mom is trying to, through God, is trying to communicate with you some of these things that um, it's unfinished and definitely there's a lot of unfinished business um, uh, in my mom's untimely uh, passing. Um, and also the final part is about you know, her death that I did mention about um, uh, her uh, uh, and how that um, uh, God really took her final breath. But because um, the fortunate thing is that we have our faith and mm -hmm. um, on the final day and the night and uh, the night she passed, but on the final day, I was still thinking that God is going to bring her from the brink um, mm -hmm. because, you know, she, it, it, it's my faith. Um, it's how God created miracles. And um, I think out of everything that was so tough for me, the only comfort I've got is that I've got three uh, pastors that came to actually help her hand and actually prayed for her and whispered to her even though she was under the sedation of morphine because i think she was under a lot of pain um yeah, yeah and um we've got like three different pastors her own pastor my pastor and a dear friend's uh, pastor came to tell her that 
you know, whisper in your ears and don't worry. When you see a light, walk towards that and don't fear and just yeah. go ahead and, and, and go towards the light. And they prayed and there was a lot of singing, um, even in the hospital, uh, you know, by, by the pastor. So I, I, I thought that is a very kind, that is the only um, uh, uh, comfort I have. And I think it's a great comfort. I don't think many people have that kind of uh, uh, grace from God. And also um, uh, when she um, passed off, uh, I didn't knew I didn't know she passed off. Um, uh, I think I wrote here in the final uh, couple of chapters. Um, I didn't know that um, she passed off. I was I was sitting on a chair trying to get some sleep, and then the oximeter um, kind of beep, and I didn't know what's that. You know, I'm kind of like still in the days. You know, um, they kind of beeped, yeah. and. and it kind of like, I think it's supposed to be flattened because of the oxygen. And I didn't know that. I called the nurse and I thought that kind of rings a bell to us because we are followers of Christ. And I didn't know that, you know, she had passed and a nurse came and I said, hey, you know, look at her. Um, you know, she's, she's with so much peace and she's breathing much better. She was struggling before. Why hadn't you adjusted that oximeter before? I think she was trying to stop it already but she couldn't say anything because she's not authorized as a doctor until a doctor's certification came and at that time i didn't know um but i felt at that time she was in so much peace and i felt that she was able to breathe easier when i went in reality her breath was already taken away mm. and that was only much later that kind of woke up i said hey I kind of like oh she's gone and when the nurse came and she the nurse says that she has to send a doctor um i said um that hey um she's gone she's gone home to the lord hmm. um I, I wasn't in tears um, at that time i think i was in a kind of just um peace i wasn't struggling or anything that I kind of like sang to her and I keep telling her I love her and I keep uh, kissing her and I keep telling her I love her and you know the first caller I made was to my own pastor um, and then the pastor prayed um, for us over the phone um, mm -hmm. her and myself um, uh, so that was the final encounter uh, with life and death and, and it's, it's it is actually detailed her and uh, for some of your listeners and viewers, if they have encountered with a loved one who has passed, um, they would know um, how it feels. And I, I think it was such a privilege. Um, I was there at the last moment um, uh, for her final breath because it's the only final breath that all of us can take, one final breath. It kind of like diminishes, kind of like demolishes everything in our life that we're trying to struggle now, whether we have money, no money, pandemic or no pandemic, it's like you've only got one more uh, a breath, you know. So um, I changed her clothes. Um, when the nurse came uh, with another nurse and they say, uh, Madam Chen, um, they, they still call up her name. They say, Madam Chan, I'm gonna I'm gonna change your clothes. Um, excuse me. So the nurses came oh, and that's they, very they respectful. Like, yeah, tried to try to uh, change her out of her hospital uh, uh, robes. 
And I say, let me do that. And I change her into her clothes. I say, that's the way I know it because I've done it. Um, and I love bathing my mom, taking care of her, bringing her to the toilet. And that's how life actually reduces you to the kind of reality that everything else just doesn't matter anymore when you wake yeah. up from that. And that's why, of course, I did that for It's My Life magazine and It's My Life Talk About Life. Uh, it's all about... Um, it's all about that life because you kind of wake up that, hey, this is really a temporal walk. Whatever you and I were talking right now at the end is just reduced to one final breath. And I changed mm -hmm. her. I took off her clothes and I put on her home clothes. And, and then, you know, then the plastic shroud came in and, and let's, 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 let's really imagine this. Our whole life, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be wrapped in a plastic sheet, right? In the hospital or at the funeral home, you like it or not, you are not in control anymore, right? I mean, that's a wake up call. Um, yeah. I saw her being wrapped and they zipped her up. Um, of course, they say, I'm going to tie her toes. And, and when, you know, of course, that's the first thing that came to me. Uh, I've not heard about that, but instantly you kind of knew what they were trying to say and do so and at the end um they wrapped her they zipped her up and, and leaving her with her 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 head in the plastic uh, shroud um then i said hey let's put in a little tiny pillow I, I know that's what she liked so i put a pillow below her and that's the pillow that uh was in her in the shroud um and then, um, you know, I told her I love her and they kind of zipped. So you imagine that that moment, uh, and this book is restricted because that moment when you zip up someone, when you zip it up, someone, it just right in front of you, right? Yeah. The world doesn't matter. Nothing right. else matters. So um, uh, that, that was, and of course, uh, uh, when they brought her to the mortuary and I told um, the hospital uh, stewards, I say that, and then of course, that they had to transport her to the funeral home. And when I spoke to the funeral home, I said, um, am I able to wash her? Please let me do it. Because I've showered her, I've cleaned her, I washed her hair, I blew her hair. I knew how she wanted it. You wanted That's to honor her that way. Yeah. That's a basic dignity of life. And when you are there, and of course, as Christians, we know that um, we are just in a physical thing. I mean, it's a soul that is being encapsulated in a physical body. But when that soul leaves, right, and you left with the body, you still want that intact. You still want to have that dignity uh, of the body. And, and, um, and I told... Uh, the, the funeral home person, I, I said, um, can I can I wash her, please? Um, I know how to do it. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of death. Uh, I, I, I think as Christians, we face it as a good, this is, this is a body, right? There's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, if you were to see a, a body lying in the street, I don't know. But if I were to see, I mean, I've seen um, my grandmother, I've seen my grandfather my grand uncle at the mortuary. Um, 
you just knew this is a physical body because the soul has left. Mm -hmm. um, I think the grief is over us um, that we are still kept here on earth on our walk on in life, whereby um, the hope is that um, us being uh, uh, in our faith and as Christians, they have gone to a, a much better place. So, so this is about um, the the candle in the wind um, about how she came back to my dreams because after she passed she came back and then um i was still carrying her because i carried her a lot um i was still carrying her in the dream and i searched for her uh and i brought her to many places to this room to like rest her and all this so a lot of the dreams are recurring but uh, but i think people will share if they have someone that need, they need to grieve over um and I think um, it is not something that I'm showing because uh, it is something that I prescribe to tell people this is the way to do it. No, it's just really just me documenting uh, my dreams and how at the end I, I stopped that dream and I stopped looking for her in real life. Um, I had this conversation with my husband that I think we've got to stop the grief. It was three years after it was in the January of... Um, 19, 2019 on, and, I, and, I, and I told my husband it's been like three years or more I, we have to stop that otherwise it's going to really eat up into our soul even though yeah. we're performing well um, and then we agreed I say that we've got so many questions but we're going to leave it to God when we meet God and we're going to like ask her when we meet her so that was a final conversation that we decided it was a decision that we had to close that chapter and move on. So my my final uh, uh, vivid dreams was um, she just told me and don't look for me anymore uh, because I'm waiting for my friends. That's it. Wow. You know, I didn't have a long experience like you, um, but my grandmother in 2010 was uh, losing, she was in failure. Um, her, all of her organs were failing, and I was over in Oman. I was deployed with the military, and I went home to see her for two weeks. And we thought she was going to survive, so I went back to my deployed location. And every night for the next two weeks, I had dreams about her. And I would go, and she'd be sleeping on the couch, and I'd put my hand on her. Uh, shoulder and she would turn around and she would say leave me alone I'm trying to sleep she was a feisty lady you know she was very feisty natural redhead and one night um, in my dream I went same same scenario but she was standing up this time and she turned around and she said I'm gonna go to sleep now okay it'll be all right I'm gonna go to sleep now and the next morning when I woke up I got a call from um, my cousin who told me that my grandma had passed away. And it was just hours after I had that dream. And my grandmother raised me. And I find it fascinating that, you know, those, those moments where they come to us and tell us that it's okay to stop, um, to stop trying to hold on to them. It's okay to let them go and live our lives. They give us, um, it's not like they're giving us permission. It, they're realizing that we can't let them go. And I find it 
amazing and fascinating. And I, I think it's wonderful that you wrote that book because that is going to touch somebody's life. That's going to make a difference in somebody's life who doesn't understand it or isn't able to let go of somebody who has passed on because I come across people so often that can't let go of someone who is, who has passed to the other side. And it's, it's heartbreaking because you still have to live. Now it, it's, it's kind of like your mother founded this, this, this wonderful world that you are creating with It's My Life because she taught you the, the power of humanity and how to go on and how to show what humanity is like because in the end, that's what it all amounts to is that moment, that last breath. So your endeavor in the world is to show what humanity is really supposed to be about. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and your endeavor and, and kind of the, the steps that you're taking? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, the podcast and, and the magazine, it's my life. Um, let's talk about the most recent uh, the collaboration yourself and myself across uh, the Pacific um, you know, America and Singapore. I thought that's so beautiful because we're, we're doing this um, collaboration um, uh, and also your audience, ladies and gentlemen, it's about, uh, it's about, it's about life. Yeah. <laughs> What's it about? It's about life. So it's my life magazine. It's just, it's just an um, iteration from talk about life to it's my life. It just features um, every human being. You know, I've got such a huge revelation that uh, I wonder we will all go. I mean, the thing is that when, when you think about that, that we know that we're going to go, we're going to go, this is a temporal life, you know, we know it. But when it's right in front of you, um, uh, uh, and for my, for my situation, it was right in front of you, my closest person, I've seen my dad go, I mean, my life, uh, most of, I've seen my dad, my mom, my grandma, my granduncle, my mm. uncle just passed um, two months ago, um, I, I think it's due to the COVID-19, you know, he wasn't tested. Um, and another really, really close uncle. Um, I think the last of my, my, the last of the previous generation is already gone. Wow. They're already gone. It's only leaving my brother, my siblings, this generation and the next uh, generation, which is the next offspring. So, so um, I think it's my life, uh, the magazine. It's very simple concept. It's about one page, one life. One day you're going to just be reduced to one page. And if you know that we, we really just featured one person on one page about what made you, who are you, um, what's your mantra, what's your philosophy um, about your life. And uh, I wanted people to reflect about their lives. It's almost like a challenge to reflect and write about your life in a hundred words or 200 words. I mean, it's so difficult to write about yourself uh, because there's so much uh, about yourself. Um, so so uh, I gave, I wanted to give the opportunity uh, to people to really think about themselves in a hundred words or 200 words. We yeah. have to find out when you, we want, when you want to write about your life in a hundred or two hundred words, you really start to think of like what goes on in there that I don't want to write about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to write about. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I think there are people who wrote back to thank me. Uh, my friend uh, 
uh, Professor Sumin uh, Ko, she actually thanked me because she said she actually did take quite a few days, uh, even though she's a professor, to just write it out in a page. And likewise, uh, Mr. Eden Liu, um, he took quite a few days to just write it into a page about his life. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought that that's, that's an opportunity. And, you know, CJ, it just means that we're in the right direction uh, when we make people think with just a couple of questions. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think because we don't have the kind of time and the space, we just think about ourselves and our lives. Uh, we think about money, we think about paying the bill, we think about, you know, go, go, go. And now zoom, 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 bringing the children, <laughs> putting the food on the table. But we stop, we never stop to think about lives. I think the pandemic has taught me like, okay, we need to sit down and think about um, giving thanks. Um, uh, um, we're, we really need to talk about giving thanks, whom you need to say, I love you, whom you need to say, I, I'm sorry, um, who you need to, um, what are the things you want to keep with you and what are the things you don't want to keep with you uh, to kind of really filter out the noise uh, in the life. So that that's the whole um, gist uh, uh, of It's My Life. Very simple, but yet I think uh, it made people think uh, when they are told to really answer uh, just five questions. Um, yeah, CJ. And it also talks about ordinary people. We have to value each one of us. Um, it, it's the mother, it's the teacher, it's the student, it's the daughter, uh, it's the worker, uh, it's someone who struggles in life. I mean, every life is important uh, to us. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's the life of the Fortune 500, the Elon Musk or the Mark Zuckerberg that we know of. The, you know, it is the ordinary people that makes up the earth, uh, CJ. Yeah. And you know what I find? The most simplistic things are the most powerful you know, and before Mark Zuckerberg was the the face of Facebook, he was the face of Facebook. He was an ordinary individual with an extraordinary idea, you know, and the same thing with Elon Musk. He was a guy in Canada with this, you know, this idea and this beautiful mind. And then he became space, uh, space, space number one. <laughs> so people start out ordinary. They become extraordinary by their hearts, their minds, and their spirits. It's other people that don't want to believe in them. That is the problem. And that's what I find. And I think what you're doing is, is something that, is going to make a difference in this world. And I find it absolutely fantastically amazing. And that's even a phrase that's grammatically correct. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) All I know is... CJ, I want you and invite you and the rest of Americans to come to Singapore if you've not been here because I don't hold a candle to a lot of these amazing, wonderful people in Singapore who just give their lives. Uh, You know, it's, it's... Really, I think even like what you're doing, CJ, um, even all the peacemakers and all this, they give their lives. They, they don't even think about themselves. They think that, hey, what I'm doing is so small. Um, but you know what? That small little thing in the eyes of a lot of people are huge. And, and that's yeah. why the ordinary people are beautiful. They never think about themselves. They never think that, hey, the light is 
uh, on me. I'm doing this for a reason, you know, because people are not doing this for any reason. They just wanted to do it. So, yeah. so you know, this is like what you're doing now, the author's porch, shining the light on the authors. And, and a lot of authors are struggling out there, new young authors, they want to make it. And you give them a platform that, hey, let's give them a hand and let's see what we can do. But, you know, we may not be one who give the answers, but we want the passengers along each other's streets to say, hey, come on, let's come over and then let's give each other a pat on the back and then, you know, yeah. refuel each other. Absolutely. Let's join the happy bus. So before we, <laughs> before we sit here and talk all night, because we've had so many conversations and I could always talk to you, Vicky, because I love your spirit. And sometimes I push a little hard and you know that I push and I push and I push. I'm like, I need this information I need because I get very business oriented, but I absolutely love you to death. And once they, once they learn how to do teleporting, because I don't fly anymore. Once I retired from military, Military, I stopped flying and I'm deathly afraid of deep water. But once they do teleporting, Singapore is the first place I'm coming to because I absolutely adore everything about that country, the research that I've done about it. And you are the one person that I want to come and give a big hug to. But before we end this show, I want to know, will you write another book? Is there another book that you have in store? Um, I've got... Um Okay, we are able to get this book from Amazon, right, in print and in, on, on Kindle. Um, and also you've got um, uh, It's My Life magazine. It's a quarterly magazine that features people. And uh, proceeds go to charity. Um, I think that's a meaningful thing. Um, it, even if there are future advertisers who want to go in, I think it's a, it's a huge, huge thing for for uh, giving back to the community. We're really talking about giving back to the community, especially in times like this that wake um, everyone up in the pandemic. So uh, uh, it's my life magazine is featured there. It's already there on the 15th of August. The um, e-magazine and the print magazine is coming up very soon. And then um, I probably will have another book coming up. Uh, it's really about helping uh, Main Street entrepreneurs, giving them some tips something that Professor Co is doing now, um, uh, uh, you know, like just giving the, just giving people in the street, small businesses, just real life tips that they can take away because, you know, a lot of these doesn't take a lot, but if you have, you have someone just to remind you, like, this is more important than this. Uh, okay, you need to switch off the lights before you leave. I think, you know, just someone just telling you before. I mean, it's just everything. It's everything. And she's able to like tell people like, okay, number one, cash flow, the heart of a business, even before anything else, even before profit and loss, because you can be sued when you we don't have any cash to pay your creditors. All right. Cash flow is important. And how to actually at the end of the year, you work a lot and then you find that um, you don't make a lot of money and you still make losses and you can't pay yourself, you know, after all the sweat for a year. So, uh, the podcast uh, uh, with Professor Ko, Your Money, Your Life, uh, with Professor Ko is Masterclass Made Easy. It's really about giving back to the Main Street people, the Main Street entrepreneurs. And even if they're not having a business, they have to know somewhere because somewhere down the line, um, your job is going to be disrupted. No one is going to employ you. You will find that, you know, you have to create your own jobs. And some of these concepts are really useful. Um, there are tips, uh, uh, you know, given uh, 
by a professor who is a consultant to Fortune 500 companies. You know, I wanted to do that um, just to give back to the community. And we are trying to get out uh, a magazine also. Um, hopefully, everybody watch out for that. Thank you so much, CJ. And when you, when uh, Professor Co and you get that book published, I want to get you and Professor Co here on the author's porch to, to talk about that book because authors as a whole, that the author uh, is an entrepreneurial experience and it's an entrepreneurial endeavor. So definitely some of those tips uh, you could bring over and help the authors along on their journey from that book that you will be publishing. Um, I also grabbed uh, some folks within my network that I find to have extraordinary um, stories and I write The Power of Humanity articles on them and send them over your way to your podcast because I think that them being able to go to a, another country and visit Singapore and visit you is a fantastic thing. So I'm always sending people and connecting with you because I think that that is a fantastic way for them to uh, have that conversation with you. I think you're a fantastic interviewer as well as you have such compassion for folks. So thank you so much for being on tonight, Vicki. I know this isn't our last conversation. We have many, 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 many more and a whole lifetime of them uh, to have. So I'm super excited for the many collaborations that we will have throughout our lifetimes because I can see a lot of them happening. Guys, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Don't forget to join us on the Author's Porch on Saturday. The Bombshell Book Review uh, will be here. The ladies will be reviewing Alaska Inferno by award-winning author Lolo Page. We also have issue two of the Author's Porch magazine coming out October 5th. And catch us live on Facebook every week. We have a new author as well as twice a week our blog interviews. We've opened up voice-only interviews. So ask Siri and Alexa and they will tell you... Uh, they will let you listen to our latest interview, whether it's our live interview or our voice only interview. We're turning the spotlight, the spotlight on authors and we're making sure it shines bright on them. And don't forget to go over on Amazon and get the candle in the wind by Vicki Esther Chang. I'm going to add the links here in the comments as soon as we go off live, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. Vicki, I'm definitely going to be in touch soon. We'll talk. Bye, everybody. Bye, I'm